and in three, two, one. Hello there, I'm Jason Flynn and you're listening to the Frozzy Shone, the number one and only English language podcast dedicated to Frosinone Calcio, the best little Italian football team in the whole little Italian world. And um, today on the show, we have a great interview coming up with John Nellis, who hosts the High, Wide and Handsome podcast, which is the podcast all about football index. I'm here to top of the show to explain a couple of things to everybody before we go into that interview. Uh, first off, I wanted to say to our regular listeners, hey guys, how are you? Hope you're all right out there in the Frozzy Shone world. But so you might not know, if you're if you're listening to our show, you might not know what Football Index is, okay? So uh, John, as I said, runs the High, Wide and Handsome podcast, and that's about Football Index. Football Index is essentially a new way to gamble on football. It's a virtual stock market where you can buy shares in players and get rewarded if the players do something really valuable, like score goals or get talked about a lot in the media. It's a really interesting emerging product, and we had what I thought was a very interesting conversation about it. John does not represent Football Index, by the way, and neither do we. This was not a conversation where we were trying to get anybody to join Football Index, but I thought it was an engaging topic, so I wanted to have him on the show. And one of the goals of the Frosinone is to introduce Frosinone uh, into the kind of wider football community and try and build a uh, an English-speaking Frosinone community. So that's one of the one of the things you have to do is reach out into the wider. And world of the wider footballing ecosystem and talk to people out there and see what weird stuff they're doing because if we're doing weird stuff here on a Frosinone podcast what weird stuff are people doing on other podcasts you know so we talked to John about football fandom podcast life and we tried to recruit him of course tried to recruit him to the cause of Frosinone so that's a bit about what you're going to hear if you're not familiar with football index or John you will be after this episode. Now, for anyone who's listening to the Frozzy Shone for the first time because John is on the episode, I should probably introduce us. Uh, so I'm Jason. I'm one of the hosts of the show. And back in October 2019, myself and my friend and co-host, uh, Enzo, we started this podcast. So we both followed this small Italian club called Frosinone Calcio. They currently play in the second division of Italian football, the Serie B, although we are working on that. Uh, we started this podcast, as I said, to try and build an English-speaking fan base for the team so that basically Enzo and I would have more people to talk about the team with instead of just having to talk to each other all the time. We got tired of each other's opinions. So if you're looking for an obscure football team to support, if you like underdog stories or if you're just a bit of, bit of a football hipster, go ahead and check out our back catalogue of this show, The Frozzy Shone, and maybe you can join in with the, the, with the Frozzy None fun. The Funzinone, as we call it here. We've, we've never called it that before. I don't know why I just said that. I think I'm nervous because I know there's people listening to this that don't usually listen uh, to the show. But there's lots of stuff in our back catalogue. Do go back and have a look if you're interested after listening to this episode. The third thing I wanted to mention before we start the interview with John is that Serie B is coming back. The Italian government has given the okay for Calcio to return and it looks like Serie B, I guess, yeah, okay, the Coppa Italia is going to be finished and Serie A is coming back as well. But who cares about that stuff? We're not in Serie A and the Coppa Italia is a bum competition anyway. So, uh, But Serie B is coming back from the 26th of June. It's just a few weeks away. Frosinone are two points off an automatic promotion spot with 10 games to go in the league. Anything could happen. We are so excited. You should be so excited too. If you're on the fence about joining on the Frosinone train after listening to our Frosinone back catalogue, Join in with us for this kind of run in to the end of the season. It's going to be a fun time. 
We're about to be promoted to Serie A if things go well. It's going to be 10 games, all of which are cup finals, as the old cliche goes. So definitely do come along and join. I, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to articulate myself because I'm so excited. Usually we're more, I'm more articulate on the show. Um, or at least that's what Enzo tells me when I when I cry after we record and we're, you know, we're on Zoom and he says, it's okay, Jason, please don't, don't cry. You were very articulate. And I said, no, I didn't say the good words. <laughs> anyway, look, I've kept you long enough. Please go and enjoy our chat with John Nellis from the High, Wide and Handsome podcast. Here it is now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Frozzy Shone. I am always your host, Jason Flynn, and this is number four in our continuing series of quarantine specials. And it's quite a landmark episode because today we have our first non-Frozzy None related fan uh, on the podcast. Uh, obviously, we started this podcast. One of the reasons was to kind of spread the word and get it out there. And what we kind of realized is that you can't do that if you just talk to people who already know about the club. So uh, in an effort to kind of correct that and, and try and engage with the wider football community, uh, we're delighted to have John Nellis from the High Wide and Handsome podcast on. We're going to say hello to him in just one minute. But first, I have to introduce my co-host and expert analyst here on the Frosty Show, Nay, Enzo Patriarca. Enzo, as I always say, how are you? I'm doing great. I've been doing well recently, yeah. Good. Everything okay going in, in lockdown for you? Yeah, it's slow going, but it's um, it's been grand. How about yourself? How are you getting on? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I've uh, been keeping up with the Bundesliga and 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 you know whatever. That's been okay. It's it's no it's no Italian second division. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> and we also, of course, Enzo, we went on the dugout podcast uh, with with uh, those guys over there. So people can listen to that too if you want to hear me and Enzo talking to some other people on a different podcast. But uh, I want to introduce uh, John Nellis from the High White and Handsome podcast. It's a football index podcast, and he's here to talk about uh, his podcast, his uh, what football index is. And maybe to be converted to Frosinone Calcio. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm all ears, you know. I am actively searching for a club to, to really get my teeth into. No, so, that's that's not real, is it? I mean, this is this is just one of the many interviews I'm going to be having this week <laughs> looking for that next club, you know. So you yeah, you're, put you're, on your best performance today. You're currently on the market, are you? On the market, yeah. Looking for a free transfer. Yeah. You have me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no I'm such not... thing as a, tr- a free transfer so they so they say in the football business well I'll tell you this uh, John have you ever heard of Frosinone before so being completely honest no oh, thank... uh, I've only really started getting stuck into kind of European football but maybe the last year year and a half and I believe you were relegated in and around then were you yeah, I mean, you didn't have to put it like that, but yeah, we were. <laughs> so, so it, in the last year or so, I haven't heard much, but I did obviously have to give it a quick Google before this, and the Seas are in quite the the promotion race. With, we are, with yes. one other team. Yeah, ourselves um, and Crotone uh, are locked in to see who's going to get that a second automatic promotion uh, spot. John, I have to say, it's very, very refreshing to hear you uh, admit to not really knowing who Frosinone are because everybody that we talk to, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I know Frosinone, sure. And uh, <laughs> it's just a nice bit of honesty. You don't have to know them, but you will after this after this podcast. You might know them best, John, if you're familiar with um, Alessandro Nesta, the former AC Milan, Lazio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the manager. So he's he's looking after the team these days, doing quite a good job. I actually saw recently on Twitter, some, one, of these, one, of these, uh, one of these football hot take accounts on Twitter said that uh, Lionel Messi would rather uh, have to try and get by Alessandro Nesta than Alfonso Davies. 
so <laughs> I, these people who are just slaves to the hype machine, I don't know. I don't know how they how they do it. Imagine every day. writing that article and sleeping at night. Like, yeah, you're 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 saying Messi would rather run past like what probably a forty year old man at this stage who was always a centre back and not necessarily renowned for his pace against Alfonso Davies, who if you I don't know if you watched the the Dortmund Munich game yesterday. But yes, like, we did. Yeah, he is. Lightning, like he gave, at one stage I remember watching, he gave Thorgan Hazard like ten meters on him, and he's not a he's not a slouch by any means, and he caught him, barely broke a sweat. Yeah, he's <laughs> of course you'd rather try and run past Nesta. Like, did, did you you did you enjoy the game, the Dortmund Bayern game yesterday? I was kind of um, I was kind of half at it in a podcast while watching it, so being honest, I didn't watch it all as as much as I would have liked to, but um, it was like the the Kimmich goal was insane. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really a good goal. But I don't know. There's something about watching it without fans um, that that mm. just kind of takes away from the atmosphere. Even if it's great, even if the high it's high quality football, the stakes somehow seem seem lower. Um, yeah. But the stakes are very high down in Syria B. And you tell me you're actively looking for a club to to follow. What is your What are you looking for in a club these days, John? What would you like? Well, you have to be honest with me here, right? And, yeah. And I suppose we'll get on to part of this later in the podcast about like where my loyalties lie in terms of football clubs and stuff and i yeah. think things like fpl football index footstock etc kind of skew your your loyalties to an extent mm. so if one of my players and ha- my my portfolio on football index happens to ever be playing frozen show frozen frozen show how do you even say frozen show is <laughs> yeah. the show the, the show is Fro- yeah frozen only is the team frozen show is the show yeah yeah okay so if frozen only ever happened to be playing one of my players i'm gonna cheer against them and that's mm. why it's so hard to find a club that wants me because my lord I'm, I'm very fickle do you know yes i i know what, i know what you mean i i, I do want to maybe just We'll, we'll circle back, but I want to come. I want to come to what exactly is football index. You mentioned it there, and and it's what you talk about every week on the High Wide and Handsome podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what exactly football index is for any of our listeners who aren't quite sure? Yeah, so I'm going to try and not sound too salesy throughout this whole thing, and be try and be as honest as I can. Yeah. Um, so I think football index and footstock, which have more recently got properly into, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll kind of stick to football index because that's what the podcast is on. But they're both. It's it's like a new way of gambling. Right. is the way it's kind of been phrased. It's like the new age of gambling. It's, it's completely different from traditional bookmakers where you go in, you put your stake on, you watch the game, your first goal scores, beat or you win, and you'll, you'll like if you look at a bet and it's less than double your money, you'll probably you'll probably just turn your nose up at it like, oh, geez, I don't want those odds. Yes. And people go for these massive accumulators and very, very rarely win. Mm-hmm. What Football Index have tried to do is put a kind of, a kind of stock market spin on traditional gambling. So, you actually buy players like they as if they're shares. Now it's nothing to do with the actual players. It's just these are essentially little three turn three year bets you're setting, right? Where you say I'll buy that player, I will hold him for three years, and you can sell him at any time in there. So it's highly unlikely you'll hold him for the three years. I don't think anyone really does that. But yes, you buy a player, you hold them, and for the term that you hold them, you win lots and lots and lots of little mini bets essentially. So they pay out dividends. So for performances on the pitch. So if you if you think you have the eye to spot the next best thing. Yes. If in Frozen Oney there's an up and coming star and you think, geez, no one will see him. They could get promotion into Serie A next year. This guy is going to be the, the next Messi. You go and buy him for 15p. He could be worth £10 per share in two years. And you've made thousands. Do you know that, that's kind yes, of their that's game. Yes, that's the idea. Okay. Now, there's a lot of little nuances and different things. But the bottom line is it's a longer term bet treats it like a stock market the values of them rise and fall based on real world things and you get paid out dividends based on real world things too but 
if you want the finer details, maybe maybe reach out to me because I'll not bore you on the podcast. Or, or go and listen to the High, Wide and Handsome podcast, uh, which is available Absolutely. wherever you get podcasts. Um, yeah, so it's interesting because this is a, a kind of a, a virtual stock market um, where the currency is, uh, or what you're, where the stocks are, are footballers. So you would think that people who are super into football or may have like some kind of extra footballing knowledge uh, would have an advantage. Is it mostly people making these bets on on the basis of what they're seeing with their eyes or do you get kind of these like hardcore market traders coming in who are just looking at the numbers and, and trading the prices so i think because football index and this is going really into it for people out there who don't know much about trading i'll be done with this in 30 seconds because it's not like a true order book system or market at this stage they're kind of getting towards that it is it's very hard to read the graphs and and crunch the numbers and read like trends within graphs like you would on traditional stock markets okay, like yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. prices break out like cryptocurrency and stuff it's much more sort of fundamental kind of research it's it's about re, it's about research about the media about players like stats are a big thing if we're talking about numbers stats are huge obviously yeah. um but in terms of actually reading the graphs that's not really a thing at this stage okay yeah much. so anybody listening who's maybe like is like oh what's that but they're they're, they're kind of intimidated because it sounds like a stock market it, at this stage it's more of like if you're into football if you kind of know what you're talking or you think you know what you're talking about you can kind of get in there and it, you're not going to be oh yeah overwhelmed well like i mean if a huge part is the eye test and a huge part is knowing who's going to be the next big thing or or talking to your mates who are big into the club and know the youth system and who's going to be great coming through. Right, it's, yeah. And the other thing about it is it's quite in, it's in its infancy as a, as a company. It's really starting to grow now. But the reason I'm here and the reason I got in over a year ago was hoping that this thing becomes the next Paddy Power, becomes the next Way Gambling, becomes the next FPL with 8 million users. Right, yeah. If that's yeah. the case and you're in now, without it sounding too Ponzi scheme, if you're in, <laughs> do you know, and it yeah, keeps well that, growing, that's how we, you're going to be dragged up. It actually sounds almost exactly like the reason we started this podcast. <laughs> we yeah. thought, okay, here's a club. You know, there's not many followers. There's not many, uh, not a big kind of English language presence. Tell you what, if we get in now, you know, a couple of seasons in Syria, uh, we'll be bloody Italian football experts and we get the call from BT Sports and we're sitting beside, I don't know who we're sitting beside, Steve McMenamin maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so... Right, so you started your podcast. Um, how soon after getting involved or kind of like starting to look into investing in Football Index did you start a podcast about it? Because as fellow podcasters, uh, I'd like to hear about uh, how, how much you, you were invested before you started talking about it on the internet. So like, I've always been, now this, this sounds like one of those sort of pretentious comments. Don't, but I've don't worry about it, this is the most pretentious show in the world. <laughs> yeah, in life I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial, you know, if I see an opportunity for some, I don't know, money or anything. Do you know, I'm all over it, and yes, I joined the football index, and where most of people, most people communicate about it is Twitter, and I was on Twitter, and I very quickly realised I'd only been on since say January. Joined Twitter in March, and by the end of June, I'd started the podcast. There's only there was only other one guy. There was only one other guy. I'm stumbling all over the place this morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> Um, there was one other guy doing a podcast on it. Now he's obviously the big guy. He has all the listeners going back for the last two or three years because he was in early. So he, he had the monopoly the on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I kind of decided I think this thing is going to go to the moon. So if I jump on now, even being the second biggest guy, or if one day I can overtake him, we're laughing. Right. Okay. Um, That's and interesting. So I said to myself, like, because I have a brother-in-law who's got a very successful podcast in the design world called Jake and Jonathan. Um, I don't know if it will boil the tits off you or not, but 
it's uh, it's very big in that world. And he was kind of telling me the potential of these things. So I just said I'd go for it. Yeah. And give it a year of consistently plugging out one podcast every every Monday. Uh, and if I don't get paid after a year in any way, I'll, I'll have a look at things. But by November, I'd got a sponsor. Um, oh, that's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I was over the moon. I think I had a very sort of niche demographic, and I think being niche is actually very important, so you're under winner there. Well, uh, How do, niche I, you are is the next question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's there's de- certainly degrees of nicheness, and I would say uh, just... To, I don't know how interesting this is for the listener, but just to, uh, from our podcast point of view, we are we're a niche podcast, but we're a fan podcast in a certain way. And um, do you think mm. the fact that you're talking about something in which people have money invested that means they they're putting money into this, they're they're kind of hunger hungry for 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 information and for discussion because you know there's a they have a vested interest in actually being up to date as opposed to just interested from an emotional point of view. That's actually a point I've never thought of. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably listen to me and think it's a chore that they have to listen just to keep up to date. Uh, but, you know, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. But you're you're like the you're like the you're like the Financial Times or something. You know, like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are listening, and they, okay, they they like the articles, and it's not. But but they're ultimately they want to they don't want to fall behind, and they want to hear what their competitors are doing. Because I know you have you have people that are on Football Index on the show all the time to talk about their own trading strategies and stuff like that. Yeah, I think any listener who's on football index has an edge over someone who doesn't listen you know because mm. why, why wouldn't you you're getting more information at you every week but i think whenever i started the podcast again kind of going back to the the me side of it was i kind of expected it to grow but i didn't really understand understand how quickly it would grow yeah and i think the other main guy is a very clean and polished act and he's english and he's from london and well-spoken and all that i kind of thought you know what there is Within the niche, there's another niche there, which Absolutely, is a bit yeah. more of a rugged kind of bit of fun. Layman, termsy, say the f word ten times a show, yeah, kind of podcast. Because some people like like the clean, polished act, and some people don't. So it's kind of like you could divide it there a wee bit. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So far, but. Um, I suppose that that's the podcast, Charlie Sullivan. Just keeping up on it now. We're on to episode fifty-two in a couple of weeks, which will be the one-year anniversary. Oh so wow! That's a special very, episode any, any big plans for the for the one-year anniversary? Should probably have bigger plans. I'm having the guy who was in the first episode again, but oh. I might have to start <laughs> thinking of that. You know, like I don't know, party well, poppers and stuff like. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, right. So that that that's that's interesting. So I I kind of was doing some digging in, into this stuff. Just um, not some digging. I'm not I'm not going to hit you with a gotcha question here now, but um. <laughs> I was looking at this, and one thing I noticed is on, on Twitter and on the on the kind of discussion around football index, as you kind of touched on earlier, it really does change the way people think about football because um, it has become anyone who's interested in in uh, in football index or in footstock or anything like that, they talk about you know players. They're interested in the individual players uh, that are playing any particular game, as opposed to as you were talking about earlier on, as opposed to following any one club. Do you think? There is some resistance, like is it, it? For instance, I give you an idea, right? Say I'm an Arsenal fan, and I go on Football Index. Do people, is, as their first strategy, tend to just buy all of the players from their team? I think it's there's a lot of biases within Football Index, uh, national biases, your your club team. There, there's a lot of stuff that people will buy based on, and it's actually something funny that people look back on now. They go back to their transaction history and see the first people they bought. It's always hilarious. Yeah, you always buy players that are absolutely not suited to Football Index. So what I would say to people is, if you do take the plunge and have a look, I definitely do the research before I buy anyone. But there is definitely those biases there. I think people who listen to podcasts, who research, are very aware of that, and I think people you have to go in very unbiased and just buy 
your your rival team's players if if you spot value and you you think you've an edge there or you think you've a chance or you've seen something other people have missed but i don't know i think in terms of football as a whole yeah that kind of I think these things like football index, footstock, FPL, really, as I said earlier in the podcast, warp your kind of, I don't know, your support. You can't um, kind of think of anybody as your team because ultimately you you have a, again, it goes back to this idea of a, of a, of a vested interest in what's happening on the pitch. Mm, it's it's one of those, like, I suppose it all started for me with FPL when I was like 14, you know. Yeah, Fantasy Premier League, FPL. for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, sorry. Um, listen to me with all the lingo. That's all right. And the... Uh, it started out because I would have been a United supporter growing up, you know, got it from my uncle, would have been big into them, and you know, the whole glory days of the late 90, 90s, and yeah. I started supporting United, and then I started playing FPL, and I was, I'd have like a striker, or my captain of my team, well, you probably wouldn't have been captain against United back then when Sir Alex Ferguson was in place, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You'd be cheering the other team, and it was a bit uncomfortable at first, but you kind of just learned just to Just get used to it. your power through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then I suppose whenever there's actual money on the line in the likes of football index and footstock, you really just, I don't know, all allegiance is out the window at this stage. Honestly, if people ask me who I support now, I'll always, the spiel I kind of give is, look, traditionally, when I was younger, United, these days, top five leagues in Europe, I support it all. I just like seeing, I like seeing exciting teams doing well, teams that play attacking football doing well, teams that sort of promote youth. I love seeing those teams doing well. Yeah. I don't like big big spender dominating clubs doing well does that make sense absolutely it's it's almost as if the analogy i would make would be like say i was say i was a ceo at a company right let's say i'm ceo at, at uh, nike and ceo at nike so i want nike to win you know this that, and the other and, and to have the most sales of any sportswear brand every year and then i uh, leave the ceo position in nike and i go and set up my own hedge fund and my hedge fund invests in uh athletic clothes companies that's what we do all of a sudden yeah okay i was ceo at nike so i i want nike to do well but i really don't care whether it's nike or adidas i just want the the, the tide to rise and bring all of the mm. boats with it and um, it's almost yeah. as if you've you've gone from being on the ground to having this bird's eye view and you're interested in anything happening for 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 the market as opposed to just you know like Dortmund beating Bayern. you might not want Dortmund to beat Bayern because uh because you care who wins but it's because you know if Jaden Sancho scores that's good for the his price or whatever like that yeah by the way yeah, I, I do know that Jaden Sancho is the is the is the uh, top rated player on football index at the moment by some margin isn't he yeah he's leaps and bounds ahead of the rest and there's there's a lot of reasons for that I can bore you with if you want well I just wanted to say Enzo, Enzo and I were having a look and uh we we reckon he's overrated isn't that right Enzo yeah <laughs> We think, uh, obviously, he's English, he's young, he's exciting. But I think uh, one of the main reasons, and you can let me know if this is the case, is that he's kind of on the verge of a big move to the Premier League, most likely, and his price will most likely is still going to be on the way up before it, before it comes down. Yeah, so like in terms of football index, there's a few things that make you very pricey. One is being English. One is playing for Manchester United because you dominate media dividends. One is being young. Um, and another one, a move to the Prem is, is huge. He's got all those going, and the big thing I think for him is that he does have the end product in terms of like his goal involvements this year. He exceeded thirty last season. He yeah. was outstanding. There's a lot to that that young man, and yeah, but it's uh, interesting, isn't it, when you're looking at young players because, like, time and time again throughout like the years, there's been young players that come in, have a couple of great seasons, and then peter off. Like you know, it's hard to know, uh, or peter out. It's hard to know. Um, 
if it's going to have any kind of consistency. So there is, do you sometimes think there is kind of like a hype machine that gets going and once it's going, it's it's just impossible to stop? Much like much like in the actual stock yeah. market with like Uber or, or whatever. Literally, yeah. And that, that's football index as well. You know, it's, it's reading market sentiment. It's being on Twitter and checking out what's happening, who's talking about who. There's a you could have two players who are the same age, same nationality, playing for similar type of teams. One will score a goal. One will score two goals on a Monday evening, and his price will go up two p and then drop five p because people are trying to get rid of him. The same player who has very similar circumstances and stats could do it the next night, and he rockets by forty p, and that doesn't sound like a lot when I say forty p. If you're holding two thousand, then it adds up. Yeah, sure. Um. So, but like a lot of that's down to people's perceptions and the hype around the player and a lot of that yeah Jaden Sancho there would have been a lot of FOMO there Do you know his price keeps going up and up and up the sky's the limit he's going to be the leader of the the price in football index for some time let me get some let me get some let me get it's some. almost a self-fulfilling Which prophecy he's going to be price. top of the he's going to be top of the yeah. thing I want to be there and then all of a sudden because everybody wants to be there yeah it's very it's very interesting from a, from a, yeah. a psychology but point of view isn't it it is yeah but from I suppose from a football index perspective what I would just really hit home to you is, is his price is probably fair on football index for a lot of reasons um, maybe in terms of world football, is he the most promising youngster? No, but in terms of football index, there aren't re- there aren't any other English under twenty year olds who have shown what he has shown. True, who are due a transfer to the Premiership, who have been heavily linked to Manchester United. Who do you know? There's there's a, who, the Euros and World Cup coming up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's he's, he's bang just, on. That's yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that, that's money on football index because that's dividends and and that's you know, that, that's something else to remember price. for anyone who's who's thinking about or looking at it is that um it's not necessarily like football is its own thing it's not uh, no one from like no one from fifa or anything is there's no actual official uh official data is being used from opta i know but like nobody is like how would you say it's 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 a product that's separate to the actual world it's independent yeah exactly you're investing in a football index product not in this player's personally yeah i don't know if that made any sense but that's what i'm just trying to uh, say to people um so here's my pitch to you john because you're looking for a team and you're also looking at all these all these kind of young uh upstarts and people with huge potential and teams that are going to be very <laughs> successful and media's going to be talking about i think what you need is you need a team that's going to fly under the radar that has players that are you know at their peak or just past their peak you know that isn't going to get much media <laughs> attention but that yeah. maybe is going to be playing against against players that you're going to be looking at if you have uh, many uh, people that you hold in, in, in Serie A. I think Frosinone is the perfect team for you to support while simultaneously never having to worry about cheering against them because they're never going to be playing any of the top players. Well, they could be in Serie A next season. That's true. They could be. Um, but even then, you know, I mean, in Serie A, who, who, are you really, who are you really looking at? I think you're going to... The great thing about Frosinone is there's an element of because they're underdogs you're you're kind of going in expecting to get beaten by a Juventus or by a, an Inter Milan mm. or, or or an AC Milan. Well, maybe not AC Milan, <laughs> but uh, you know, so Atlanta, maybe something like that. Um, so is there a is there a is there a case there for you to maybe maybe jump on? You could be the the, the official uh, <laughs> <laughs> an ambassador of Frozen. Oak. I'll tell you this much, right? So just to just to really like up the stakes now from my selfish right. point of view. Okay, go on. What, what I'd like to do here, if you've time for yeah. it, is I've got a list of players here. Now th- this is something to bear in mind of football index as well for all you Serie B hounds out there. 
Every player in the world isn't on Football Index. They only yes. have the top five European leagues. And on the like second divisions, they only have more notable players or players who've maybe played in the, the first division last season. That's whatever. to be some reason for them to have been, uh, yeah. to be created. People the want them. Yeah. So I'll put it to this way. For Frozen Own, of all the players there, there's only two of them that have people willing to buy the share who've put a bid in. Wow. Baghetto. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, sure. And Camilo Ciano. Camilo Ciano, Ciano yeah. yeah. So, so they're the ones that people are willing to buy at the minute. The rest of them, if you wanted to sell them, you couldn't. You'd have to wait until someone comes along. I'll not get into that. But the most expensive player, who yeah. do you think would be the most expensive player? Now, maybe it's someone who isn't even on the index, but who would you think would be the most expensive in the team? Uh, I would say either Federico Dionisi or Andrea Novakovic. I would say Novakovic, Dionisi yeah. or Novakovic. DNAC or Novakovic are they contracted to Frozen Own or would they be contracted elsewhere and loaned no they're, they're, they're Frozen Own players let me see I'll look them up quickly but I don't think either of them are there and that just shows what I was saying to you because maybe they haven't played in the top division yet but I guess a lot of Frozen Own players that were there would have, would have just been there because we were in Serie A uh, yeah literally yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the highest priced one anyway is Federico Viviani he's not even playing for Frozen Own anymore Who's he off at? That's why he's priced higher. <laughs> I don't know. Either Cremonese or Genoa, I think. I think Cremonese. Genoa. He got a transfer. Um, and then Rafael Maiello. Yeah, Maiello, yeah. Maiello is, is, is playing for Frosinone. He's our number eight. A really good uh, midfielder. Um, he's There's been so I actually saw something on Twitter. Ends up, you sent it to me recently about like analysing his tactical profile because he's a very uh, good deep-line playmaker. And there's talk that he would be a crucial piece of any Frosinone team that goes up. Or maybe if we don't go up, somebody might be able to tempt him with a move away uh, for a lower Serie A club like um, like Sampdoria or someone like that. Well, I think the reason these players are so like, they like even when I say he's the most expensive and whatever, these are like the cheap, these are very, very cheap players in terms of football index. Mm. It is because of Serie B. But, you know, there could be a gap there. Do you know, if they get the promotion, they're into a league that pays out dividends. Do you know there could yeah, be? Yeah, well, we we, we did we won there. We did take a look and, and had a look at uh, at, at some uh, kind of players in Italy and a couple of talking points for if you're looking at Italian players. And one thing about Italy is, um, unlike say France or even Germany to a certain extent, Italy is really a league where uh, veteran players thrive. You know, players tend to have a much uh, longer shelf life in Italy than they do in other countries. Um, there's definitely, uh, uh, there must be on football in this, because I know there is just in, in football media and stuff, uh, a bias towards youth. And there's almost like this idea that if anyone is past the age of 26, you know, they're they're done. Like, you know, yeah. but, but if you look at uh, Serie A this season, you've got Ilicic and Gomez for Atalanta. You've got Ronaldo at Juve. Um, obviously, Zlatan came back to AC Milan. So there's definitely, if, if I don't know if, if this is relevant, but definitely older players can thrive in Italy. And we actually, we went to the, we went to the trouble, although it was no trouble for, for a couple of Italian football experts like us, John, but uh, we went to the trouble <laughs> of picking out a few players on the football index uh, that are there that we think are good investments. Okay. Now, okay. We, we don't know anything about that. this, so you can, you can give us a bit of feedback, right? All right. Um, so the first one, is a fella who is signed to Napoli but currently uh, loaned back to Spal, and that is Andrea Patania, right? Now, he currently sits at uh, 89 pence on the football index, but he is a proven a proven striker uh, in Serie A uh, level. He has, let's see, he has 11 goals in 24 games for Spal, who are about to get relegated from Serie A, it looks like. And he's moving to Napoli at the end of the season, where he will um, 
be slotting in somewhere in the front line along with Adriz Mertens, it looks like, and uh, Lorenzo Insigne. So Patania, Andrea Patania, ever heard of him? Yeah, I have. He's a he's a, a favorite on football index for many reasons. So his price is, as you said, eighty something p. Is he really a favorite on football index? S- well, like I've heard of him a good bit. Oh, that's good. Because I'm... there's a type so there's a type of dividend there where his price is probably suppressed. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sell anyone a false dream on here, but like I would bet my left nut that if you bought him now, by the time football comes back in Italy, he'll be a quid or higher. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, unless the market dies or something like it's it's a gamble at the end of the day, but he there's a there's a type of dividend called IPDs which are in play dividends. So every time someone scores a goal in the first thirty days you own a share, you get a penny for that goal. Doesn't oh, sound like a lot, yeah, but on a but player again, like Patania, yeah. if Syria come back and try and rinse out the rest of the league in a month, and they have six seven fixtures in a month, and in those six or seven games he gets nine goals, you could be getting back twelve fifteen percent of his price. In those dividends oh, that's alone, interesting, yeah. he could win other stuff. But I'll keep an eye on him because, as you say, Spal looking like they're going down. Or are they already going down? I'm not sure. Uh, no, they're not quite but, confirmed yet, no. But he'll be back to Napoli, playing on a much better team, proven goal scorer. He's the potential to beat that. That's a great find. Jamal is a great find. And he has a, he has a shout, obviously, for getting into the... If he has a really good season at Napoli next season, if he gets into the team, he has a shout for going uh, as part of Mancini's team to the Euros and to the World Cup. Uh, so probably back up to Immobile or someone, but yeah. Um, who who else have you got? We have um, uh, Nicolo Barella uh, at Inter Milan. Yeah. Uh, so obviously yeah, he's kind of talked about as one of the one of the bright young things of Italian football. I know, like the kind of when people talk about young Italian midfielders at the moment, they're talking about maybe Sandro Tonali is obviously the one everyone talks about, and uh, Castrovilli as well. Um, but just looking at Barella here. He's at he's at one forty two on the football index. Uh, his yearly is is high in the last year is one seventy. That was back in February. He's kind of one of the rising stars at Inter. He's playing uh, quite regularly for the Italian national team, and he's only twenty three years old. So uh, that we're talking about Nicola Barella. So Barella, I actually he was one of my the biggest trades I ever made. Whenever he got injured, I think he dropped down to one twenty or one thirty or something. Right, I don't know if yeah, the graph yeah, yeah. There, but yeah, he dropped right down, and I jumped in for a substantial amount. I bought like over a thousand of them, and he. Then I just waited because injury trading is a huge thing on football index. When players get injured, the price goes down. You buy, you sit, and you wait. When they come back, they'll be they'll be more expensive. It's as easy as that. Yes. He, I bought like that, sold them probably around one fifty-ish. But the reason I think his price is suppressed on football index is because he's got so much competition in that inter midfield for what a type of dividend called performance based dividends. They're the they're the big ones. They're the golden goose. If you have a player who wins a lot of them, they'd be very expensive. He's competing with like Sensei. Ericsson more recently, Brozovic. Oh, I um, see. So he's not always necessarily going to be playing. Uh, he's for not the Inter. main guy. Yes, you know, yes, if, yes. You, if you look at, I don't know, I mean, go to Real Madrid, you've got Tony Cruz, go to Borussia Dortmund. Oh, actually, don't really have anyone there. You've got like, a lot of attackers who do well there. But what I'm saying is he shares a lot of the passing and set-piece duties and these sorts oh, of I things. Oh, I see, right. So you're really you're talking scores. about kind of two, like there's almost like another like distinction to make between people who you think are good like long term they're going to become starters at these clubs and then there's people yeah. who are going to do it kind of week in week out would that be fair to say yeah yeah now Barella could be one who in two years time in a year's time even even next season could be that guy could dominate things one of these bigger players could leave this could happen he gets more time in the team he's dominating set pieces and this and that the Italy national team going to the Euros and the World Cup 
there's a lot to be said for a young player like that. Again, I think it's a great pick. I think he will 100% rise in value when Italian football's back. Because, as I said, Italian football players' prices are massively suppressed at the minute. Like, yeah, well, it must have been mad when when, flying. when 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 I mean, people obviously aren't having a great in- weren't having a great interest in German football before, apart from a few teams. Um, and I mean, it must have been crazy when Germany was announced to come back. I mean, all the German players must have just shot up, did they? Yeah, so it was it was sort of under the radar. Everyone was kind of hearing this coming out of Germany for a while, but as soon as it was confirmed, all those prices just shot up. Because people knew they would dominate the media, they would dominate. They would be the only ones getting the dividends, basically. Right. And that that's kind of came to fruition. So the league is coming back early to mid June. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'd say as the other leagues get announced, they'll get their sort of deserved bounce. Right. It's interesting. But, um, yeah. I was just going to say before, if you have another one, tell me. But just to let you know, the reason I brought up the whole asking you which frozen own players would you expect to do go on to bigger? Oh yeah, go on, yeah, 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 yeah. The highest. The reason I brought that up wasn't just to go back to football index and this and that. It was because I actually bought myself some Maiello there. Did you? Based off you saying he could get the transfer. You know who knows. So now I have a vested interest. So <laughs> I could almost declare myself an official <laughs> fan. You know. Yeah, you bought Maiello. I tell you what. Um, I mean. I'll tell you this now. Now that you're invested, I'll 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 give you the optimistic uh, the optimistic line. It looks like based on on everything that's happening in the Italian Football Federation and in, with the leagues, it looks like the Frosinone have <clears throat> I would put it at around a seventy five percent chance of promotion at the moment. Um, because if the league is unable to resume, there's going to be uh, playoffs, and because of our position in the table. Uh, we'll have home advantage in the, in those playoffs, and we'll also have a, a higher seeding, so we'll play f- fewer matches. Um, and if it does end up that we just go automatic promotion, there's there's talk that they'll just promote the top three from Serie B. So that'll be our uh, be ourselves, Crotone and Benevento in front of us. So it looks like Maiello is more than likely going to be a Serie A player uh, next season. And because he's, I think he's 27 years old, maybe, he has at least five five more years in him uh, at Italian football, playing at about the level he's playing now and maybe a little bit higher as well. So I think it's a good it's a good investment and he'll be happy to hear. I don't know him, but... Fingers crossed. He'll be happy to hear that, that people are out there having faith in him. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I say I don't know him, but that's because we, we had a, a few weeks ago, we had a player from the team on the show. So it's like a weird one where it's like... We put up a, a thing on our Instagram stories there. I was playing uh, uh, Pez and I scored a goal. And then like the, the player like texted me and was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. The, the crossing that's the insane. virtual boundary. Yeah, it is. But that's that's kind of the charm of, the, of, the, of, of Frosinone as a team is that it's kind of a small community, you know. And if you're someone who takes an interest in them, it's not a high barrier to entry. So uh, as you saw, Maiello is very low priced there on the old football index. So we, we'll keep an eye on Maiello uh, for you, and we'll hope that he he provides some assists. Anyway, he's got a he's got a wicked pass on him, that fella. I'd be watching him too. Uh, very critical. Yeah, right. you, so if you're listening, you Maiello. may you may come to regret it. You may come to regret <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, can he can he do it on a cold, wet night in Cremonese? Uh, so <laughs> anyway, the the final player we wanted to to, to look at here. As our kind of uh, football index, Frosty Frosty Shone, even I can't get it right. Frosty Shone uh, <laughs> tips was someone who I, I I couldn't believe it when I saw their price. And again, it makes sense now that you've mentioned injury trading. It makes sense. But that was a uh, uh, Matthias De Ligt, the Dutch centre half at Juventus. He's at uh, two two pounds three pence at the moment. I see his his high was back in June twenty nineteen when he was at three pounds twenty eight cent uh, twenty eight pence. 
He actually uh, had 343. Did he? Before that? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. He seems hugely un- underpriced compared to, uh, I know, like, considering obviously he's, been, he's had injury problems this season, but he's behind uh, Chiellini and Bonucci, both of whom are coming to the end of their career. So if he stays at Juventus, he's presumably going to be bumped up to being kind of the, the rock in the defence. Or he moves to somewhere like Barcelona or or, uh, or Man United, and he becomes a you know. I I don't I don't understand so, why his price is so low. So defenders notoriously have a bit of a they don't have the premium attached to them that the midfielders and forwards do, other than attacking wing backs. So the way the the performance based dividend, which is the one they they earn for actually playing football. There's a big matrix there of like do you know like bonus points on fantasy Premier League people might be able to relate to. Like passes are worth a certain amount, goals, key passes, okay, crosses, sure, yeah, 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 tackles. Yeah. So that that there's basically a, a score generated for every player for every game, and based on that they win dividends. Sorry, I'm a bit. Uh, I needed a burp there. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell everyone. I tried to hold it back, but it came out. <laughs> um, the truth always comes so, out. It's not my finest moment on podcasts. Okay, um, so he. Where was it with him? Yeah, yeah so you were saying defenders don't get great. That, yeah, and the, of the defenders that do, it's generally wingbacks who cross the ball a lot. So Delict wouldn't really be winning those dividends unless he scores a big header. Ah, um, I see. Okay, right. Yeah, was only he's only done that twice in the last thirty odd games. He was doing it more at Ajax. His scores have been okay this season. I'm just looking at them here. Again, you said he didn't have a great season at Juve. The reason he dropped from that mad high was that mad high was the week that he was being linked. Viciously to Manchester United. Oh, it seems like Man U are the bloody key to this whole this whole machine. They are, they are. Now they're going to move away from that. They're trying to move away from that. And they're going to be sort of rejigging the media dividends, but it's all to do with media. Man United yeah. dominate media, so delict. That's why his price was so high. He went to Juve, dropped a bit, and then kind of continued to drop over the season when he didn't win any dividends or do anything really worthy a note. We were talking about how because obviously uh, Maurizio Sarri, who's at Juve now, was at Napoli before and. Um, Enzo and I were saying, you know, never judge, never, no one should ever judge a player on his performance in a Mauricio Sarri team because it's a very specific kind of football and a very yeah. specific kind of manager. Uh, so I mean, he's only twenty years old. So anyway, that's we just thought maybe good performance with Van Dijk in the center for the for the Dutch national team going forward. Who knows what what happens to him? Well, do you know it's a it's a great shout, and the reason it's a great shout is quite often it's great to pick up players when they're. They're at their lowest. We all know that Delict is probably going to be one of the, the leading centre backs in the world for the next 10, 15 years. So, I mean, if you can get him now at £2.3 on Football Index and ride the waves with him, I mean, he's got the Euros, he's got the World Cup coming. You'd imagine. You'd imagine they'd make those, wouldn't they? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, imagine yeah, they should. Yeah, 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 You'd be yeah. surprised. Plus, playing for Juve, potential transfer, has to be better form, price to press because of Serie A not playing at the minute. There's a lot of reasons his price is lower than it maybe should be. So, again, I think if, lads, honestly, I think if you were to buy those three players and leave it sit for six months, you'd make yourself a lot of money. But obviously, it's gambling, so. Absolutely. Well, that's, uh, it's, we have a bias as well, obviously, towards the Italian, the Italian leagues because we're, we're covering it. Uh, we're covering the Italian leagues, you know, every week here. So we're looking at players that maybe the rest of the the, the world isn't looking at, and certainly UK media isn't necessarily writing about. Um, but yeah, going back to the Delict, you know, he has another ten or fifteen years of of transfer rumors in him at least, if not top performances, then at least transfer rumors. Uh, so presumably be bumping up and down based on those. I can only imagine Ed Woodward's portfolio, seeing as Man United have such an impact. <laughs> he knows like, that's the thing it's that sort of inside those conspiracy theories like 
does someone inside the club let something leak and then someone goes and buys a million of the player knowing they're coming? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It was a real tough one with the Bruno transfer. I mean, Bruno Fernandez went from probably like a quid or two quid six months ago to starting to be linked to United and then he rocketed up and then he dived down whenever the transfer seemed to be off and then it was on again. It was just so volatile. It's a horrible way to trade transfer trading. Like God, yeah, it, so- it sounds very stressful. Can be, but that's why it's important never to sort of overexpose yourself or put on then you can't afford to lose that's true at the end of the day it's, it's just know? another way to to enjoy uh football much like starting a podcast about a team that most people have never heard of we all have our own we all have our own addictions you know that's <laughs> it yeah some people struggle I'm with gambling gambler and, yeah. and some people uh, struggle with making a podcast about frosinone so you know it's <laughs> it's about priorities enzo how you doing that's there it. i'm doing good i'm doing good it, it, it's interesting i'm just kind of soaking up everything um, that's fine. I've just yeah. kind of not stopped I'm, talking and stole Lenzo's place, have I? No, no, no I'm no, enjoying no, it. No, no, no. Good. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, don't worry, don't worry about him. <laughs> he, he's, just, he's just here because he's got an Italian name. No, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, so, <laughs> Keep him <on. laughs> uh, Right. So, yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I ha- John, I'd love to have you back on if Frosinone get promoted or when Frosinone get promoted um, and we get a few transfers uh, coming in. Uh, to have another chat about about um the the players and and uh, their their potential uh, values. How does that sound? I'd love to do that, and I tell you what, if they could promote it, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Oh, for a few for a few well, for a few for tips, we we certainly would a be. Few yeah, pointers, a few yeah. pointers. It's uh fingers crossed. You know, I'll be watching with a keen eye now when football comes back, or I'm actually kind of hoping it doesn't come back and you gain automatic promotion. Oh, I'm not sure my 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 heart could handle that having to having to get that decided off the pitch at least. At least on the pitch, you can you can you know you can live the moments. You don't know what's happening in the boardrooms, but uh, but automatic mm. motion would be would be great. I, the only thing is, I'm not sure how it would be for morale. I don't. I think a promotion one on the pitch is going to mean more to the players and to the manager and feel more like the feel more like the the culmination of a project as opposed to just oh, well, now we're in Serie A. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah, because you'd almost have that imposter syndrome then. You know, yeah. feeling like, do we belong here? Oh God, that 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 plagues us. Do we belong anywhere? You know, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, I'm concerned about um, how much time teams will have to put together a Serie A team if they get promoted. Like I, I think things are really messy at the minute, so it's hard to know because once once teams get promoted, they add so many players onto the team. Yeah, but, but with the finances will, and the time yeah. limits and the uncertainty, mm. like you need to. That's why when you have promotion wrapped up early, it's easier to type to kind of prepare a squad that'll stay up. Yeah, that's just interesting. Well, look at look at Benevento. They've been pretty pretty certain of promotion for a couple of for months now, and they're looking at uh, Sebastian Giovinco, bringing him back from from the Middle East uh, to back to Italy to play. So he's another one to keep an eye on as well. If anyone's interested in that, yeah. So John, we will talk again when Frosinone get promoted. I'm not going to say if that's that's finished. I'm I'm committing to the fact that Frosinone are going to be promoted, <laughs> and Maiello is going to be the next Bruno Fernandez. Um, <laughs> John, people can find the High Wide and Handsome podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever they listen to podcasts. Anything else you want them to find? Yeah, I suppose if you just find me on Twitter, John Nellis, N E L L I S. It's not John Ellis, which I quite often get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, on Twitter or so it's YouTube. I've started doing things, but it's all it's all kind of football gambling related. So okay, so if that, anyone out there is interested in, in putting a bit of put a bit of cash on the line for your football knowledge, if you're listening to this show, you're definitely you're definitely into into football anyway. So you've got half of the equation done uh, for you. So yeah, so high wide and handsome podcast. John Nellis is on Twitter. Find him wherever you find things. Uh, John, thanks very much for coming on the on the on the Frosty Show now. It's delight. We're delighted to have almost converted you. 
No, thank you so much, Jenny. It was a very easy conversation, so anytime. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have you on mine sometime down the line. All right, we'll talk to you again, John. Cheers. Cheers, see you later. Bye-bye. So, that was John Nellis from the High, Wide and Handsome podcast. I thought it was a really fun chat. The fact that John is now financially invested in Frosinone number eight, Raffaele Maiello, and therefore is invested in the future of Frosinone. That's the kind of result we could have only dreamed of when we invited John on the show. So, thank you to John for his time. We had a great time. And uh, we'll definitely be keeping in touch, as you heard on the podcast. Now, you can find John at IrishFI1 on Twitter, at IrishFI1 on Twitter. And you can find his podcast, the High, Wide and Handsome podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find the Fuzzy Shone on Twitter and Instagram at Fuzzy Shone. And if you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can keep up with us as Syria B comes back. It's going to be a very exciting run in, as I said at the top of the show. And by the way, some of you may be following along with the Bundesliga for the first time ever. Us too. And we have a bonus podcast comes out on Thursdays in our regular Fuzzy Shone feed. It's called the Brushia Shone Munchen Podcast. We've adopted Brushia Munchen Gladbach as our team and we're following them for the end of their season. So come along and listen to that if you're interested in German football or if you're just interested in us. If you've just been totally charmed by this whole operation, then head over and subscribe and have a, you know, have a good time. Email me. You can come on the show as a guest. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Email me. I'll tell you I didn't see it. I'll send it straight to spam. Okay, anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. I've been Jason. Thank you to John. Thank you to Enzo. Thank you for listening. Forza Frozenone. Forza Frozenone.